Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? It's going good, Amy. I think we may have made a mistake last week. What did we do? We talked about how many presidential candidates there could be. We did. There's not 14, though. No, we're getting there, though. So, just 10 away. Yeah, we said, and and we got a question answered because we said there was, you know, Randy Adams was a, a candidate last year. And we wondered if he would be, and we've got the answer to that question, which we'll get to that story in a minute. But yes, we are at four candidates this week. So the field is filling. People are going to have choices when they come to Nashville this year. Yeah, the field is filling up, Amy. And um, I had somebody text me this week and said, what was once a two-horse race has now become a full-blown derby. And I got a kick out of that. That's pretty funny. Yes. So maybe we should hold the the meeting out at the steeplechase instead of at the Opryland. Maybe. I don't know. I bet a bunch of people that aren't Nashvillians don't know anything about the steeplechase. Right. It's. I mean, it's not like Churchill Downs. It's not a super well-known, Yeah. you know, racing It's a bit area. of a niche thing. So, well, let's get into it, Amy. Before we do that, though, we do want to thank our sponsor, SBC This Week, each and every week, is sponsored by the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, where you can get the theological training and hands-on experience you need to thrive in ministry. Wherever and however God is calling you to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission, Southwestern offers a degree path to equip you. Whether you're pursuing a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, Southwestern Seminary is here to walk alongside you as you live your calling. Learn more at swbts.edu. All right, Amy, we, we mentioned it at the top. Let's jump into it. We've got two more announcements this week for SBC president. We start in Alabama with Ed Litton, the pastor of Redemption Church just north of Mobile. That's right. So it's actually, it's in the town Saraland, Alabama. I believe I'm saying that correct. Uh-huh. And this announcement came from former SBC president Fred Luter. So he announced his intention to nominate Ed Litton for SBC president. Um, he said, I have known Ed Litton for over 20 years. Our relationship started when we preached for each other as part of the SBC Racial Reconciliation Sunday during the month of February. And then their relationship just developed, you know. So he said, uh, with he, so he said he is honored to nominate Ed Litton as the next president of the Southern Baptist Convention. Ed should be no stranger to many of you listening to this podcast. His wife, Kathy, obviously uh, previously served as the registration secretary. And uh, there was an announcement in that candidate announcement that she would be stepping down. So she has stepped down as a registration secretary because. Amy, as the registration secretary, she would have been the person supervising the vote tally in an election in which her husband was running. So that's correct. Uh, wanting to keep everything above board, and we appreciate her for her service. Uh, I guess for about a year and a half, almost two years now, she's been registration secretary. That's right, but never got to actually, yeah, yeah. but never actually got to do it at an annual meeting. So yeah. You know, Which is she, weird. Yeah, she has served in some ways. You know, the registration secretary serves on the credentials committee. And obviously, she was part of the group 
being an officer that helped make the decision about the cancellation and then had done some things in preparation, but uh, never actually serving at an annual meeting because of the cancellation last year. So, uh, so, so that's, that's kind of an interesting little, little piece of trivia. But as you said, that was released at the exact same time as the nomination announcement. Also, Ed has served as a trustee at a couple of entities and as the SBC Pastors Conference president in the past. So that's uh, that's one announcement. And we move on to the other, which I think you alluded to earlier. Randy Adams, the executive director of the Northwest Baptist Convention, announced that he also will be nominated for SBC president by Russell Fuller, a former professor at Southern Seminary. That's right. So he announced that he would be nominated in June. And so it was kind of like one day after the other. Uh, So it was announced on the 19th that Ed Litton would be nominated. And then on the 20th that Randy Adams would be nominated. So, I mean, I think we expected this. We anticipated it just because he was going to be nominated last year, but this was confirmation. So he cited a desire for Southern Baptist focus to be on the mission with the Bible as our sole and final authority on all matters. And, uh, and, and so we did address his candidacy last year, but I think if I remember correctly, there were a, a there was a group of people that announced yes, his candidacy. That's right. But we didn't know who would be nominating. And that's so correct. this year, we understand it will be Russell Fuller. He is a former professor of Old Testament at Southern Seminary. I've known Russell Fuller for 20 years. And so uh, as we used to work together. And they've expressed a desire for reform in particular processes, so they're beginning to lay that case out. So as we mentioned, Randy leads the Northwest Baptist Convention up there in Washington, Oregon, and I, I think a sliver of Idaho is, is also in the Northwest Baptist Convention. Andy. Okay. And he has also pastored three churches over a 20-year period before joining the Northwest Baptist Convention and led the missions and evangelism team down at the BGCO uh, in Oklahoma for more than eight years. So uh, a long history of service to Southern Baptist and now a candidate for Southern Baptist president. All right, now to our current Southern Baptist president, uh, J.D. Greer's church, The Summit, over in Raleigh-Durham, has hired an outside firm to review findings of an internal investigation that they had conducted late last year. This is something that had been announced, it was it was already public, that in the hiring process of Brian Loritz, who is on their pastoral team, that there had been some questions about handling of sexual misconduct allegations at Fellowship Memphis Church, where he had at one time served as pastor. And at that time, during their hiring process, the summit elders had cleared him of any wrongdoing in that situation. But over time, they have they have just become convicted after talking with the Karen Well team. No new information surfacing, anything like that, but just realizing that it's important to use an independent firm to review matters like that. So what they have done is to really try and pursue best practices. And even, first of all, just to do this in the right way in their situation, but then also to really provide an example for other other churches. So what they've done is, is to hire guidepost solutions to conduct a new investigation. Um, so this is just something they wanted to make public and be very transparent about 
And if anything, you know, if if there's any follow-up on that, we'll certainly share that here. But what this is, is a step to say that looking into things like that really are best done with maybe some independent folks. Yeah, some outside eyes. Right. All right. So like you said, we'll keep you updated if anything comes of that external review. All right. Lifeway, Amy, they got some new branding over there. New logo. It's got, there's some yellow in the background and what they released. And then couple of things that are very interesting. So number one, the W is no longer capitalized in this mm-hmm. logo, which is... It as takes some, some getting used to. Yes, especially someone who used to work at Lifeway. I think actually my all my auto corrects they, yeah, go, they go to, to a capitalized w. w because of how often I did that. So I'm going to have to retrain all my machines. But then the there's some kind of special work done on the I in Lifeway for the new logo that... So the I represents a lot of things. There's, if you look at it in one way, it's kind of looks like a cross. You can see that in it. If you notice the way the, the I kind of turns down, it's like a page, you know, for the print resources. It also can look like a person with the dot being like the head and kind of looking, I guess, to their right. And then the dot also looks like a, a pixel. So it kind of represents digital. So the eye is really supposed to represent a number of facets of the company and the work and ministry of Lifeway. So that is out there. It's kind of part of their new rebrand. Yep. They also have a new website over at Lifeway.com. You can go over there, check that out. A completely redesigned website. And uh, I know they're rolling out a bunch of their other ancillary sites, the new designs for those, the new new logo branding stuff for like Lifeway Women or Lifeway Kids, things like that. So uh, you can go over to Lifeway.com, see the full array of the new branding at Lifeway. Amy, next month, IMB is going to host another virtual sending celebration to allow Southern Baptists to collectively rejoice in 33 new missionaries being sent to the nations. Yeah, this was this was very exciting, and we've had these virtual sending celebrations already, so it's kind of, people are used to that now, it, and it's a great way for folks to join in from home, because not everyone is able to go to Richmond or, or other places, uh, so this will be February 3rd, and at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and you can watch on imb.org, Facebook Live, or on their Advance the Kingdom app, and you can go now and see information about it and prayer cards for the 33 missionaries that are going to be sent to the nations. I love every time these announcements come out that there, you know, it's going to be not just one more, but many more. And uh, we'll be covering that over at Baptist Press. So uh, be looking for more information about that on all of our social channels as well. We'll be promoting that and encouraging folks to watch as we do send those 33 new missionaries to the nations. Uh, also, another virtual event, the March for Life. Uh, J.D. Greer is supposed to speak at that, I think, next weekend. That has been moved online as well. All the events of the last couple of weeks in D.C. has kind of made these large gatherings a little bit untenable for the moment. So they have moved the March for Life to a virtual event. So uh, that'll be done online. There's more information in the story about that. But J.D. Greer, uh, the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, was supposed to speak at that event and and still will. So uh, from what we understand, everything on his end of things, he'll still be part of the the program for this, even though it will be a virtual program. So uh, some news from Georgia, Amy. 
They're building the Georgia Baptist Missions and Ministry Center has been placed on the market publicly for the first time last week. It's it's for sale now. Yes. So this is their their building, which I actually love that building whenever I see the picture of it's it. It's a gorgeous There's building. Just, yeah, it's just beautiful. I'm not sure what they it looks like pillars, but they're not. It but it just kind of these sort of facets that that stick out really, really pretty with the fountains in front. But they will be placing it on the market publicly for the first time. There have been groups that have expressed interest in the property, but it's never actually been sort of in the hands of a, a broker and they will be working to sell that. So they've had some staff reductions, particularly beginning in 2008 when the financial crisis affected all of us. And then in March 2012, they began entertaining that. So there's been kind of some ebbs and flows over ebbs. There's been some ebb and flow over the years about, you know, how serious that is, but it looks like it's, it's, it's for real this time. You know, it, it, this yeah. is, it's getting real. Yes. Well, and right now they have 142,000 square feet in the building, only occupying the fifth floor of it right now. So they, they just don't have the need for such a large building because there are only 50 people working in the building now. That's right. So they've, they've been moved spread out over the state, you know, just different areas across the state. So there's not the need for a big centralized building like they have. So uh, they'll be putting that 142,000 square foot building as well as the associated 43 acres of property that go along with it up for sale. All right. So that's going to do it for our news this week and bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. I decided because, you know, it's inauguration week. And yeah, I, decided, I knew you were going to go here with this. Yeah. I, I, I mean, this is like the easiest one ever. I know, so right? So I decided talk about to the inauguration. Kinda, yeah, I decided to go back in time. And we can talk about this week in a minute. But to go back in time and just think 20 years ago, we were celebrating another inauguration. And it was the inauguration of George W. Bush. And Southern Baptists were very involved in it. And so I was looking at some Baptist Press articles. There was a service at the National Cathedral. Franklin Graham gave a sermon. And then James Merritt delivered a tribute. There was a prayer luncheon that was honoring Billy Graham. Because he was Billy Southern Graham. Baptist president That's at that right. time. That's right. Right. There was a prayer luncheon that was honoring Billy Graham that same week. And he was he delivered a tribute. They also, uh, Morris Chapman was there at, at that event, Adrian Rogers, Richard Land. It was called uh, the America Come Together Luncheon. And so it was really challenging religious leaders across denominations to join in a call for unity and renewal. And then Billy Graham was supposed to deliver the invocation right before George W. Bush was sworn in. But he had to skip the ceremony because of some medical tests and some things that were going on. So Franklin Graham actually delivered the invocation. But it was a day where a lot of folks, some that we know and and have worked with and been around, really got to to kind of be a part of those things. And so that's that's pretty cool. And I, I enjoyed reading about that luncheon that was, you know, just trying to say, hey, we're going to move forward together and work to pray for the president. Uh, but I was reminded of a lot of the festivities, uh, inauguration festivities of the past. Probably the earliest one I really remember is 88. I mean, I've seen clips of, of Reagan, but I was, I guess, eight years old 
at his second inauguration. So the, so it was 88 with uh, George H.W. Bush that I really remember and, of course, have paid attention to all of them since then. Because I love, no matter who, what, no matter where I may agree or disagree, I just love the festivities. And so I was watching this week just to to follow everything, as I always do. We're, and, and you yeah. were watching as well, right? I was. A little bit here and there. We had a couple of meetings going on, and it was kind of playing in the background. But Yeah. 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 So but I saw but Garth. That was I, awesome. I, I did as well. So we can talk about that in a second. I just want to say that this was definitely a topic of conversation for us this week in SBC history. So kind of cool. But it's a topic of conversation now. So I want to share a bit of trivia I have about this okay. week. And that is Lady Gaga. Okay. I noticed that you, I saw on, on Twitter, you made a comment. It was a mocking Jay, Amy. Yes, about her pen that everyone you know pointed pointed out. And people Hard were trying to, to figure it, it out because it's really large. And so for those who have read or watched the uh, Hunger Games trilogy... It, it does look like the Mockingjay pen. But then she came out on social media and said, it's the dove of peace, you know, the dove with the olive branch in his mouth because of, of unity. She didn't mention any historical significance of that. And that may have just been a choice of hers, but there is. I recognized what it was. So the dove of peace, the dove with the olive branch in his mouth, which obviously I think is a reference to Noah in the Bible, yeah. right? It's a biblical reference. But in terms of an American history, the weather vane at Mount Vernon that George Washington actually asked to be put there, that's what it is. It's the dove of peace. And huh. he specifically wanted to place a dove with an olive branch in his mouth as a symbol of sort of the unity of the country that he was looking for as it began. Now, you know how I know this? Because you've been to Mount Vernon? Well, I have, but that's not how I know it. Okay. I know it because in my White House Historical Association collection of ornaments. It's the, the ornament? The Dove of Peace is the ornament for George Washington's administration. That's a very fitting ornament. Yeah. So that's how I recognized it. Because that <laughs> is, I mean, I just put it away a couple of weeks ago and that that's it. And then there's a, like all the ornaments come with a explanation of how they connect with the administration that they're sort of commemorating and that it was that weather vane. So when I actually, I mean, of course I looked at it and you're like, oh, is that a Mockingjay? But then when I actually looked at it before she went on social media, I said, that's the Dove of Peace from George Washington's weather vane. So it was it was very interesting. But yes, I, I saw all of that. I saw Garth um, showing up in boots and ruining the black tie affair. Hey oh. Well done. Th- things like that. But it was it was a day that was lots of pomp and circumstance and was was an odd thing to see all the spacing out from the pandemic. You know, you usually see a huge crowd, but to see kind of a different scene and, and the masks and things like that. And Bernie Sanders with his mittens, <laughs> the, which we have continued the to see. Have been hilarious. I have seen a couple of ones that are really connected to our world. I think it was John Mark Clifton put one up that had him sitting in the back of a church that said something about, uh, I'll replant, but not if I have to change my ways or something like that. Yeah. And it was, if, it was I don't, really good. I, I'm not giving up control or having to change, but we'll replant. 
Right. I'd like to gold. see somebody needs to put him on stage at the annual meeting or, you know, some some like great moment in SBC history and stick Bernie in the middle of it. That would be kind of funny. Um, All right. But we'll get anyway, on that. yeah, I'm not I don't know how to do that stuff. So but it was uh, it, it was a it was a fun week. And of course, I've seen a lot of uh, great Dr. Floyd had an had a email that went out this week calling people to pray for the incoming president and vice president. And I've seen a lot of other leaders calling for the same. So those offer great guidance in uh, kind of how we relate to the incoming administration. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is a new weekly video series that you and I are on. It's called The Road to Nashville. Amy, you remember shooting those? I, I do remember that. We've had some fun with this. We're going to shoot some more, I think, uh, coming up. But uh, we've got uh, a new weekly video series every Tuesday. We'll be putting this out from the executive committee accounts and they'll be in the emails that we send out every week to be on Facebook, Twitter, uh, you name it. But the weekly video series is called The Road to Nashville. So you can go to theroadtonashville.net. And basically, we're going to be telling you between now and June everything you need to know about the annual meeting, about Nashville, about the hotel there, the Gaylord Opryland Resort and Convention Center. So, I mean, there there is so much for us to talk to you about. We're doing it every week. They're only going to be a few minutes long. Uh, the, I think the first three or four are only a couple of minutes, like two and a half, three minutes long. And it just gives you kind of some brief snippets about things that go on. We're going to put more in links at theroadtonashville.net. And also, uh, we'll have some interviews like with Kevin Ezell and Paul Chitwood and a couple of folks like that to talk about different aspects of the annual meeting. We'll have J.D. Greer on. We'll have, uh, I think we're going to get Brandon Williams on to talk about the music at the annual meeting too. So it's going to be a lot that we're going to talk about over the next few months, but uh, we encourage you to join us each and every week on The Road to Nashville. Amy, your resource of the week is? Mine is a book by Mary DeMuth, who is a, a good friend of the pod. She actually came and did an interview with us a couple of years back, and she's got one that is called Pray Every Day. It's 90 days of prayer from God's word. And so it's a, it's just kind of a 90 day devotional, but it's really walking through uh, prayers in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and just pointing out ways that we can just better understand and approach, uh, approach God. And so I really like this. I've been using this resource for a little bit and it's, it's really neat. She also has an Etsy store for her art and has some prayer cards that she does. And I have those sort of lined up on my windowsill where my desk is that I can can look at. And they're just done very well and, and beautifully. So I'm going to put a link to that as well. So it's kind of double, double resource and uh, definitely worth checking out. All right. Well, we'll have to check that out. So uh, I think that may be the first Etsy store we've recommended here on the podcast. 305 episodes. And I think that's the first Etsy reference. It may be. It may be. It is a good. She's it, she she's a very very gifted artist, and there's prints in there. There's calendar things like that. But the the prayer cards I, I really love. Well, very cool. All right, have to check that out. So uh, that's going to do it for our episode this week. Once again, thanks to Southwestern for sponsoring us each and every week here on the podcast. Do check out the Road to Nashville. That's over at theroadtonashville.net. Uh, each and every Tuesday. So you can check those videos out, really short social media style videos for you to uh, find out more and more about the annual meeting. And don't forget, February 1st, Amy, what's that? Pre-registration opens. That's right. 
So get pre-registered for the annual meeting and child care starting on February the 1st. All right, Amy, I'll see you next week. See you next week. 